Welcome to this podcast episode of Narcissists in Divorce, The Narcissist Trap. I'm Dr. Supriya McKenna. I'm a former family doctor, but my life's true work is working with people who have fallen prey to narcissistic relationships of any kind. But I'm particularly busy in the area of divorce. Over the last few years, I've been very proud to become an Amazon best-selling author on the subject of narcissism, and my brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce, From Love Locked to Leaving, is out right now on Amazon. That's the first book in the Narcissists in Divorce series, and the follow-on to that will be out in the spring, and that's called Narcissists in Divorce, From Leaving to Liberty. And please do note that although I use the word divorce, these books are equally applicable to anyone leaving a serious intimate relationship with a narcissist, whether they are married or not. I also have a book out called The Narcissist Trap, The Mind-Bending Pull of the Great Pretenders. And that book might be useful in helping the people around you who are supporting you to understand more about what happened to you and about narcissism generally. I'm also the co-author with British divorce lawyer Karen Walker of Narcissism and Family Law, a practitioner's guide. And between us, Karen and I have trained thousands of family law professionals in narcissistic personality disorder, including judges, lawyers, mediators and social workers. For further narcissism resources from me, please do visit thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com. And that web address has the doctor fully spelt out. Today, I'm going to talk about what I think is the most important thing you need to understand about narcissists. I'm going to talk about the thing that makes them tick, the thing that drives them to do everything that they do. And I really do mean everything, their sole motivator. This is, I think, the most crucial thing that you need to understand if you're trying to understand a narcissist's behavior. Everything else lies on top of this. This is fundamental. Everything else is secondary to it. And what I'm talking about here is narcissistic supply. So what is narcissistic supply? Well, to explain it properly, I need to go back a step and talk about what lies at the heart of narcissism. So usually, contrary to outward appearances, a narcissist has incredibly low intrinsic self-esteem. So although they might appear to think that they are special or superior, actually they feel utterly worthless and full of shame. And this came about largely as a result of the way that they adapted to their upbringing, which was adverse in some way. There also might be some genetic component to narcissism, and it may well be an interplay of genes and environment, but as yet the thought is that environment plays a much bigger role in narcissism than genes. So here you have a person with incredibly low self-esteem who feels worthless and full of shame, but they don't want to feel that way. I mean, who would? So they create a false persona to project out to the outside world. And there are different types of outward persona that they use. I mean, they might be grandiose and charismatic or gregarious and charming, clever, um, seductive, uh, magnanimous, affable, um, a do-gooder even, endlessly giving. Disney dad or perfect mom, these outward personas are utterly convincing, certainly at first. But the key point here is that these outward personas are false. They are merely an image. 
And what they do is they protect the narcissist from the outside world. They prevent the outside world from seeing their true, small, unworthy, shame-laden selves. They're like an armour. But strangely, in order to keep this armour up, in order to keep the false persona going, they need external validation from the outside world. And this external validation is what's known as narcissistic supply. The narcissist desperately needs their false persona, their armour, to remain intact. Because if the outside world believes in it, they can believe in it too. They can believe in this false image of who they are. They can then believe that they really are who they say they are, rather than having to face that unpalatable reality of who they really feel that they are underneath it all. So keeping that armour up, keeping that false persona going is key to everything that a narcissist does. They need a constant supply of external validation, of narcissistic supply to keep it going. Narcissistic supply is like fuel to a narcissist. They need it. It's their oxygen. Without it, their false personas crumble and their armour is down. If that happens, not only can the outside world now see who they truly are, but they can see and feel who they really are. And this is an existential crisis to a narcissist. They would do anything rather than feel this shame, this unworthiness. Narcissists need to believe that they are special. And for that to happen, they need other people to also believe that they are special. So, You can see just how important it is that they maintain their fuel supply, their narcissistic supply. But what does narcissistic supply look like? How does a narcissist get it in practical terms? Well, narcissistic supply from the outside world comes in four forms. Attention, adoration, drama and conflict. So just take a moment to assimilate that because it's vitally important to understand this. Narcissistic supply comes in four forms. Attention, adoration, drama and conflict. Is that starting to make sense to you? Does it resonate with you in any way? Now some narcissistic individuals can work incredibly hard to get that supply. They can reach the highest ranks driven by the need to have power, wealth and status so that they can gain supply from the admiration and the attention that comes with that lifestyle that they've achieved. Others, often the the lazier um, narcissists or the less intelligent narcissists, will pull out all the stops to associate with people that they think are special and who have status already in order for them to gain supply from their newfound elevated social status that they get as a result of being with that successful person. And these are the so-called closet narcissists. Now, everything a narcissist says, every action they perform, whether they know it or not, and the vast majority don't know it, they're simply doing what they're wired to do with no awareness of it. But every single thing a narcissist does and says, every single thing is designed to get them narcissistic supply, whether that be by immediate gratification in supply terms or in delayed gratification further down the line. Now, no one person will ever be able to give a narcissist all the narcissistic supply they need. At the beginning of a relationship, certainly in an intimate relationship, you might be able to give the narcissist such enormous amounts of adoration that they need relatively little from others. But eventually what you give them will dwindle a little as real life kicks in. 
And narcissists are like planets with multiple moons. They have many people orbiting them in different layers, different orbits, completely unaware often of the other people that are orbiting them. So if you're their spouse or their intimate partner, you're going to be the moon in the orbit that is closest to them. You're their primary source of supply. They need you the most for supply from any of those four forms I mentioned before, attention, adoration, drama and conflict. Now, further out from your orbit, the narcissist has the other people who are orbiting them, friends, family, work colleagues and anyone else that the narcissist can pull into that orbit as required. Their divorce lawyer, the mediator, the couples therapist, the estate agent. And all of these people mistakenly feel important to the narcissist and are also giving the narcissist supply in one of those four ways. And in reality, they are important to the narcissist, but only because of the fuel, the narcissistic supply that they're giving them. And in the furthest orbit away, you have your other sources of supply who are much less important to the narcissist in terms of supply that they can give them, but who nonetheless can give the occasional boost of supply when required. So that's the builder, the postman, you know, the girl in the shop, people on the periphery. So as I said at the beginning, narcissists are motivated by the need to get their supply and it's a never-ending need. They need continual topping up of supply to keep their false personas going. But what happens in divorce or separation? Well, here, regardless of who left who, the narcissist has lost their primary source of supply, you. So even if they've got someone else, a new partner to give supply, they've lost supply, they've lost fuel. And this threatens their false persona, their perfect image. And this is what's called a narcissistic injury. Their armour has been injured and is at risk of crumbling. The very thing a narcissist has to avoid. So now they need more supply, urgently, to repair the armour and keep it going. Their supply needs have just gone up. They need you their best reliable source of supply, the person who is in that closest orbit, to provide more of it. So at first, they'll try to get you back into the relationship to get your adoration and attention by hoovering you. And we've done a podcast on that already. But if that fails and the relationship is well and truly over, then they will keep you in play supply-wise by creating drama and conflict, by using the legal system to punish you. They will be feeling narcissistic rage which will be directed only at you the cause of their diminished supply they will need to see everything as being your fault in order to cope they will need to see you as being all bad and themselves as being all good so they'll make allegations against you and your family they'll try to get the children to live with them because they know that they are your achilles heel and they'll stop at nothing to annihilate you because narcissists get a huge amount of supply from feeling that they've won. They know that the relationship is over, but they will milk it supply-wise as much as they possibly can, using the divorce process to do so, causing delays in order to keep you in play for as long as possible. Now, another thing to know is that narcissists are often excellent at compartmentalizing. So while they're doing this to you, they may be charming others in their orbit, being loving and giving to some, being friendly to others, playing the victim to, to others, whatever works best to get supply from each one. And like you, these individuals won't be aware that the narcissist is, is spinning all these other moons, uh, these other sources of supply, and they won't be aware that they're also being spun. 
So why is it so important to understand this, this concept of narcissistic supply? Because it gives you, the former partner of the narcissist, enormous power. You see, the narcissist actually needs you. Hence their manipulations of the legal system in the divorce process. It's all simply to get supply from you by trying to terrify you, trying to make you fear the future, by them trying to take the children, trying to financially ruin you. It gives them a sense of power, of omnipotence, and this in turn gives them that fuel. Your fear gives them fuel, gives them narcissistic supply. And contact with you, whether directly or through solicitors, gives them narcissistic supply as well. So you need to find a way of withdrawing that supply. Now, it's not easy if you're being dragged through needless child proceedings or financial remedy proceedings in the court system, but you and your solicitor have to find a way for you to reduce the supply that you give the narcissist as much as possible. Because if they can't reliably get fuel from you, they will ultimately have to go elsewhere for it. I hope that's been helpful. Thanks for listening. My brand new book, Narcissists in Divorce, From Love Locked to Leaving, is out now. For more information and online courses about narcissism, please do check out my websites, thelifedoctor.org or drsapria.com.